Dolores adored John. They had a great relationship. He was one of her mentors. He was so proud of what she accomplished. So even though we didn't plan it for this purpose, it really is a beautifully symbiotic dual exhibition experience. They're both separate, but a dual exhibition experience due to the relationship they had and the admiration, respect, and, and student-mentor relationship that they'd had throughout their life. This is Christine and Gianni for Eagle Radio and the Hayes Post, and we're speaking with Brenda Mater with the Hayes Arts Council about two art exhibits opening at the Art Center on this episode of the Hayes Post podcast. It's two exhibitions that we have. One, The first one is called John C. Thorns Jr., A Creative Legacy, and what it is is a, um, a large collection of work from the last real decade that John was producing work as uh, people who still remember him. John's been gone uh, close to 10 years now. and um, But those that remember him know that not only is the uh, Moss Thorns Gallery, you know, named for him, he was chairman of the art department at the university, huge art advocate in our community, but also a very prolific artist himself. And John's medium was always mixed media collage over the many decades of his creative life. Sometimes the collage elements were more understated and there were big flows of, of acrylic used as a water media sort of around it. And then later on, he really loved filling the space with the collage elements, but then he would, then they were joined together by his creative hand. It's really interesting. So when you look at John's work, you, you see that there are all these pieces of collage. Much of what we think of young people doing in an art class in school, only he had a precision and a craftsmanship to it. Dozens, sometimes dozens and dozens of pieces of collage elements put together so masterfully that it makes one large image. But then in putting those together, in bringing in depth, in making things flow and work and giving them the the creative edge that he did with everything, he would bring in like um, acrylic painting or oil pastels or other media that he would use as he melded these incredible collage works together. And again, very prolific, created a lot of work. And so we have the works of John from, there are um, a few from as far back as 2003 all the way up to 2013. And so in 14 and 15, he wasn't, wasn't creating nearly as much. Those were some of the years where his health was starting to fail, but an incredibly productive decade, 2003 to 2013. And I believe I've got well over 30 of the, I think maybe 35 or so on display, but I have another 20 in two wonderful stacks in our gift gallery that are easy to go through. And even a few extra in my in my office. What the story is on these is John, on his death, bequeathed these to the Fort Hayes State University Foundation for the benefit and purposes of the art department, which he definitely was a wonderful benefactor for them. And so these are pieces that they technically are their property, but we are fortunate to be putting them on display. And the other great thing about them, if someone wanted to be able to still get a piece of John Thorne's work for their collections, this would be the time to do it. The The prices of these prior to several months ago 
had typically been $1,900. That was during John's life and in the years, uh, more of the several years following his death. But now, because there are so many left and nobody wants to tuck away amazing art, they are only $950 for one of those full-size John Thorns. So this is an incredible time to get one of those. And if you don't have a lot of room, we do have a few, a very few smaller pieces of of mixed-media collage work of John's. But that's what work is in our front gallery and in the hall gallery at the Arts Center right now. Well, I'm seeing an example of this, and it's a landscape. And seeing his art before, it's really something that you want to step away from and look at in a broad view. And like you said, it has so many layers. Then you really want to get up close and look at the detail in the art, too. So you really need to see it in person. You do. And when you see it in person and you get close, you see the, the edges of the collage piece he used but you see where his hand joined things together that was really his thing john was a designer in fact uh, the the church not far here from the from the station the presbyterian church at 29th and hall john designed that church he designed the stained glass windows inside of it john was a designer so this particular art form is so in line with the creative and artistic energy and spirit that he has but that was always John's art form was to bring these collage elements in. And so almost like magic, like putting together a giant puzzle, but doing, doing it with a creative artist's hand and making it seamless when it was all completed. Brenda, do you want to tell us a little bit about the other half of that exhibit, Dolores Peterson? Yes, Dolores Peterson. Dolores was a Pfeiffer from here in town, the youngest of 17 children in the Pfeiffer family. She has an amazing life story. But Dolores has been and a professional artist all of her life. She's been represented by some amazing, outstanding galleries. She's gotten lots of accolades, um, a highly collected artist. And uh, Dolores just wanted to have this, it's almost like a smaller opportunity. It's in our Founders Gallery. But to celebrate the um, the early years of her creative exploration. That's why we're calling it Dolores Pedersen, First Chapters in a Visual Biography. Drawings and watercolors from 68 to 2003. Dolores was a product of the art department at the university and then spent most of her her adult life and raising her family, her husband working in California. And so there are some pieces that she did in college that are, are in the exhibition. And there's a few little storied elements. There's like five chapters, if you will, of different things early on, but some of the beautiful pieces that we know Dolores for, they're represented in there, but also some other things that show us the movement of her creative journey. But again, these are chapters in a much larger visual biography, but it's great fun to see how that comes together. Dolores will of course be there on Friday, loves visiting and and talking with people about her work. Dolores lives here in Hayes now, but again, a very highly prized and collected artist um, a number of the pieces because they are her permanent collection and part of her story aren't for sale, but there are some that are. And and she's she's an amazing artist, both in watercolor and in oils, which she's known for in, in more recent years. But it's really a beautiful thing. And what's wonderful is it wasn't planned that way, but it actually is very serendipitous in nature. John John was um, one of Dolores's instructor. Dolores adored John. They had a great relationship. He was one of her mentors. He was so proud of what she accomplished. So even though we didn't plan it for this purpose, it really is a beautifully symbiotic dual 
exhibition experience. They're both separate, but a dual exhibition experience due to the relationship they had and the admiration, respect, and, and student-mentor relationship that they'd had throughout their life. Well, I'm seeing a, an example of Dolores' uh, artwork, and it's a still life. What, what other subject matter does she depict in, in her artwork? You'll see in there, as she did for many years, a lot of California imagery. Dolores also travels a lot, so there is also a lot of European imagery in her large body overall. I think there's a couple of examples of that in this show, but she's, she's got, and of course, nothing is more special to her than Kansas and, and what is her, her home territory. And so you can see in the, the image you're talking about has some wonderful sunflowers in it, much more reflective of her heart and soul, always having been part of Kansas, but her daughter, she has one daughter lives in the Netherlands. And so Dolores and Ralph spend quite a bit of time over there traveling to the Netherlands, usually a couple of three months, excursions a year but they've also traveled to different places and and she's been in the Italian countryside the gorgeous landscape of you know a Camarillo California area where they lived for so long so she's really followed through with a variety of of um landscape um moments but she's done a lot of florals there's a lot of her work in the Hadley Foundation Art Collection at Hayes Medical Center a lot of some people's favorites. There's a big, gorgeous one out there with a violin and flowers, and it's a beautiful watercolor, and it's so many people's favorites out there. But she's got, she's um, had, over her career, had some very, very stout collectors and has been very prized in uh, a lot of artistic circles, it's very significantly during her time in California, but still represented by a couple of different galleries here in Kansas. So the opening reception for that dual exhibit is from 530 to 8 this Friday. Um, if people are out and about, this is not associated with the Hayes Arts Council, but there's also a closing reception at the Moss Thorns Art Gallery um, from 6 to 8 of the Kansas Clay MFA exhibit, and that's ceramics created by MFA students and faculty from KU, KSU, WSU, and Fort Hayes. Yes, a very exciting exhibition and a wonderful opportunity for Clay to be celebrated as a medium. I know Linda Ganstrom was very instrumental in putting that together, and I know different places host it on different years because it's been a collaborative partnership and celebration among those schools for some time. But this will, for them, it will be a closing reception, and thank you for, for mentioning the time on that. That will be 6 to 8 p.m., this Friday night. But like you said, our opening reception, so that's closing down at the college, but it's wonderful that these things can all be on the same night. It's almost like a little mini art walk. So two exhibits at the Hayes Arts Center, again, opening from 5.30 to 8 p.m. We invite all guests in, you know, and you can, you know, continue your evening with a lovely dinner downtown after if you like, but anytime from 5.30 to 8, so we moved it up a little bit. Sometimes people like doing those things when they first get off of work on a Friday. Some people prefer to go home, change, come back and do something like this and go out to dinner. But again, 6 to 8 at Fort Hayes, 5.30 to 8 at the Hayes Arts Center. Again, all this Friday evening. And you have some deadlines coming up. There's the Smoky Hill that's going to be uh, accepting art. And you have a writing contest. Yes. Our creative writing. Anybody who wants info from that, go to our website. It's a program that primarily goes through the schools, but it is open to anyone kindergarten through 12th grade in all of Ellis County, public or private schools, homeschooled. And we chatted about that before, but all the details can be found on our website at the drop down page for 
creative writing under school programs. And so do check that out. March 6th, Wednesday, March 6th, right before spring break, when we'll turn over those entries to the fabulous people from the Fort Hayes uh, English Department who serve as our judges. And so if you want information, or you're welcome to give me a call, but also thank you for the reminder, March 19th is the deadline reminder for the Smoky Hill Art Competition and Exhibition. The state's oldest juried fine art competitive. This is the 55th annual and everything is online this year. So again, go to the Hayes Arts Council website, just Hayes Arts Council, put that in your search engine. Our website pops up on the homepage you can link directly into the um, online information for the Smoky. It's all an online entry this year. Again, on the homepage, the creative writing is there. If you want information on famous figures, it's there. So everything is right there on our homepage, and you can easily link through that. But the Smoky Hill, amazing art exhibition every year. It'll serve as the anchor of the Spring Art Walk on the last Saturday in April. But any artists out there? get hopping you've got plenty of time but um it's it's exciting and we're seeing a lot of new entrants this year and this online is working out beautifully so we're we're really excited but yeah so much going on right now so much going on